while ago when I was talking to you about Monday night, it was this past Monday night of this week that we were uh, in prayer with the, the church in Charlotte that I, that I attended and, and still uh, connect with in different ways. And while, while praying during that prayer service and, and while it was going on, the Lord spoke to me. I, I didn't even, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know the, the exact chapter and verse, but God said Acts, not A-C-T-S, but he said Acts head. I, I knew the story as soon as God said that to me during prayer. And um, he said, I want you to talk about that Sunday. And that's all he gave me for about a day and a half. And I know about the, this story, but I didn't know what God wanted to do and what God has in store. But I will tell you before we read one, one verse, one, one word. Since Monday night, God through this, this Bible passage right here, God has wanted me to come to this pulpit today to tell everybody here, regardless of your age or your ability or how much you've been in church or what you know about the Bible or even what you believe about the Bible and, and people online, that God is still God. God is still in control and un, until the trumpet sounds or until your appointed day arrives, God wants me to make sure I make it clear today that he is still going to save people. He is still going to deliver people that are in bondage and addicted to all kinds of things. He's still going to rescue families. He's still going to bless people. He's still going to anoint people. He's still going to perform miracles. He's still going to show signs. He is still going to do things that we don't even ask him for because he's God. He also wanted me to make it clear that it's never been his, his intention, nor has it happened that the world is going to outdo God or seem like that it has more going on than the kingdom of God has going on or that God himself is able to do. He, the song said, he's still God, he's always been God, and he always will be God. And so whatever your situation is or emotionally what you're going through or people in your family or, 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 or somebody you know of. We prayed earlier this morning about those people down in Florida and I don't want to trade places with anybody like that and a portion of this service we're going to cry out to God about that again. But God is in control of everything church until he takes the church home and we begin the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the restrainer is removed. I want you to know Jehovah God is still awake. He can't sleep. He's not dead, and he's very, very, very much uh, in uh, concern, and he's of concern with your situation and situations that are yet to be made known. So today, I'm, I'm going to read this story that I told you about, and I'm only doing, this is one of those uncomfortable times that happens to me about, I don't know, it happens to me at different times throughout the year when the Lord says, this is all I need you for today, Opie. And I get real scared when he says that because I keep wanting to add to the message, and he says stuff like, did you not understand what I said? And I feel like I need to do something else. And I paced the floor this morning having those thoughts. And he said, you're still not going to let me do it, are you? And I said, I'm going to do it, Lord. Because we feel like we have to help God to death. The Holy Spirit is only capable of a couple of things, but we really need to help God. He said, all I need you for today is basically to read some Bible verses and tell them what I said. And then I need you to let me handle everything else. So I'm telling you if, you, if it seems like, well, he didn't prepare this week. I prepared more than I was supposed to prepare. And 
I was pulled back, and then I still tried. God only let me add one more thing to what he already had. So I want you to look at 2 Kings chapter 6 with me, and today I'm going to do something I never do. I never, ever, ever read to you out of the NIV, which is the New International Version. But because of what these seven verses say, I don't want you to fool around with old English language trying to figure out what that little word means or that little word means. So we're going to go right to it today, okay? Now let me tell you about this story before I read. This is right on the heels of Naaman the leper being cleansed, okay? He, he just received his sight after God dealt with him about his pride. He didn't want to bow down and kneel down in those dirty, mercury, 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 murky Jordan waters. He wanted to go to some crystal clear water. And God helped him with his pride. And in the process, he got, the, the problem was his pride. That's what it was all about. But in, in the process of healing him of his prideful nature, God threw being cleansed from leprosy in for free. How about that? So we're going to go to verse 1, and you can follow along with me. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Why don't you come with us? Will you come with your servants? And Elisha said, I will. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, talking about Elisha, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it there, and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. The man reached out his hand, and he took it. And how many of you in this building right here, those at home, know that absolutely was not supposed to happen? I'm talking about an axe head, and you know, if you've ever used a rake, uh, a bush axe, and Hey, I told Angie I'd limit my usage of the word joker or jokers, but that thing flew off the end of a handle that I've used more than one time, and I know some of you have had that to happen to you before, and that's what happened. So that iron axe head came off, and it fell into the water where they were chopping down trees, and the worst part about that, it didn't even belong to the man who was using it. He had borrowed it, and... Uh, I'm not going into it, but back in that day, man, if you borrowed something and you lost it or it got stolen or damaged, there's all kinds of things happen as a result of that because you borrowed it. But God had a man in place for something that seemed like not a real big deal to help out. Because that's all we ever hear about this story is what we just read together. An axe head come off the end of a handle into water, and Elisha took a stick, threw it in the water, and it floated, and the man that had bought it got it. And that's all we hear about that story until God talks to us. And that's what's happening today. And this is the part that God sent me here to let us all in on today, that everybody's got an ax head in this place right here. You've got a report. You've got a family dilemma. You've got a work dilemma. You're worried about the future. You've got a financial dilemma. You've got a door you don't know. You've got a relationship issue somewhere. You, you, you are a victim of somebody that won't leave you alone. You've got a diagnosis that's just, it's so heavy. And all of these things have come off and it's sunk to the bottom and you have no clue what to do about it. You've tried it on your own. You're the woman with the issue of blood. You've done everything that you know to do, and it's out of your hands. And this is what God told me to do today. 
He said, make sure everybody knows that I am God, I'm still God, I'm in control, and I am the God that's still doing what I've done a long time ago. I used a man, and I'm still God, that took and threw a stick and made an axe, hand, uh, axe head float, and I'm that same God that I'm throwing a stick out into the situations of people that will be in this church today and what seems dead and heavy and it's lost forever. God is still in control in spite of everything you hear, what you know. He is still throwing sticks out to people that will trust him and will reach out and pick up an axe head. God's still doing it. And God said this, not only am I still doing it, but I'm going to do it today in this church service before people leave. That's what he said. And that's what I'm telling you. And I had told Reggie this until this morning. I looked for an axe head. I told him what's so bad about all this. He thought he had one. We thought we had one. We knew we had an axe as a prop here. I thought I had one. Monday I'll go move a piece of wood in my building and there'll be an axe head there without a handle. That's just the way it all goes. But this morning I, I looked again. Went down that building four, seven o'clock and tried. I said, I know we got one. I know we got one. And then when I got the stick, when I went to the prop room upstairs and I got this stick, the Lord says, it's not about the axe head, son. He said, you couldn't find. I went to the hardware store. You know, if you really want to find good stuff, if you're old schooler in here, you're about to, you're about to get cold chills and it's not from the Holy Ghost neither. You know, if you really want to find the good stuff, you got to go to a legit hardware store, amen? I mean, the box store's not calling any names. They're good and all that stuff. But man, if you want to find good stuff that you can't find nowhere else, oh, a uh, hardware store. So I'm giving a shout out to all my hardware brothers and sisters uh, that still are in business today. And I couldn't find one at the hardware store. I could find a handle. And God told me when I got a hold of this stick this morning, he said, it's never been about the axe head. There's going to be all kind of axe head situations at church today, but it's all about the stick, you see, because we all wake up every day with a devil that's against us to kill, to steal, and destroy. He, he roamed all over the earth trying to find one until God allowed him to do what he could with Job. Didn't work, though. And God knows that there's always trouble and strife. He said, but be of good cheer. I'm in the world, and you're going to overcome the world because I've overcome the world. So there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be axe heads. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be diagnosis. There's going to be lost relationship. There's going to be jobs that you get hoodooed out of. There's going to be lies that's always told to you because somebody thinks they're better than you are. But there's always a God on his throne with a stick in his hand at any given time to throw it into your life and make what seems dead and lost and forgotten float to the top so you can have hope again. That's the kind of God that's still in control right now. And the devil hates this thing. He hates this stick. And so we're going to do something in just a few minutes about all the things that's going on. It was not supposed to happen. It absolutely was not supposed to happen. Back in the in the second chapter of Kings, the book of Kings, there was another situation where the water was bitter and it was so bitter that it, it was almost making people sick and killing people. And so again, we have Elisha on the scene and guess what he did? He didn't throw a stick this time, but he went and got a brand new bowl and he filled it full of salt and he went to the, the mouth of the river, the head, and he dumped salt into the water and the water that was deadly and of no use became water that was sweet and good, usable. They were able to drink it and use it. So God used something that just seemed uh, of no benefit anymore and God used something that was not supposed to happen, but I'm here to tell you it did. It did happen. There was a time when a man was dead, his sisters were brokenhearted, and one of his BFFs, if not his BF, Jesus Christ, was even crying and upset that he died. His name was Lazarus, if you've never heard of him. He wasn't just dead 30 minutes, or he wasn't dead a day. He was already dead, and four days he was 
inside of a tomb and his body began to decay and rot and he stunk. Jesus purposely waited. The axe head was already past anybody being able to say, well, he wasn't really dead. That's what the devil does. See, he tries to play off and get all the glory, steal God's glory, steal the credit from God. But see, God won't let anybody else have his glory. He's a jealous God. And so God waited four days on purpose, and then Jesus walked into town up to that tomb. He didn't lay a hand on it. He just said, Lazarus, Come forth. The Bible says he that was bound in grave clothes came forth and he said, loose him and let him go. Let him be free. The Bible tells us that he did that. Lazarus was free and, and that was not supposed to happen, church, but it happened, you see. And see, Mary and Martha probably thought that was it, but Jesus knew that he had all power in heaven and on this earth and at any given time he could speak People could come back to life. He could tell a man, you can walk on water. He could say, Talitha Kuma, which is little girl arise. He could say, sit down in groups of 50, and I'll feed all 5,000 of them. He knew it didn't matter what the accent is, you see, in your life. He's always God. He's able to throw a stick into it, and he's not limited on this earth. He's not limited. It's just not supposed to happen. And a lot of people in this building, I believe everybody in this building today, you came here with something that you've kind of just, well, it's dead and it's floated to the bottom. I, I need to give up on it. I just need to try to move on. You don't have to move on if you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't have to move on. You do have to do this, though. You have to move back and let God be God. you got to get away from the water far enough to let God in between you and the water so he can get a stick in. See, a lot of times we want to guard it like I wanted to guard this message today. We want to guard it because we are able to bring it home, baby. But God says, no, no, no. If you want to see my glory, you got to get back. I don't care what you can produce or what you can buy or who you know. If you want to see great and mighty things you know not of, you got to step back away from the water. Just give me enough room to get a stick in there and I can do what you can't do. That's the kind of God. And God knows today before you leave this service, there's a devil sitting outside this building thinking that you're going to take it home. It's still going to be at the bottom of the water, but God wants me to make sure I drive it home and make it clear the devil's going to say before the end of this day about a lot of you, if not all of you, something in your life. He's going to tell a demon in hell somewhere that was not supposed to happen today. So I'm just trying to get you ready for what I've been waiting on all week, okay? I hope you're getting ready because that's the part where I shut up and get out of the way. And that's between you and God. And we're not far away from it. But there's another story i got to tell you about real quick. It's in the book of Exodus, and this is about Moses. It's in the 15th chapter. And I want you to hear about this story because this story right here is kind of a lot like, but I love this story because the sweet Holy Ghost showed me something around 7.30 this morning that I have not seen before. And... <clears throat> This was Moses after the whole Red Sea account. In fact, I, I'm just going to read it with you, and this is New King James. It's, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of sure or sure. You can say sure. Sure, it's okay to say sure. And they went there for three days. It took them to travel, and they got three days in of traveling and when they got to where they were stopping there was absolutely no water verse 23 says <clears throat> when they came to tomorrow however uh, or Mara they could not drink its water because here you go again it was bitter that is why the place is called Mara so the people grumbled against Moses you know, it's always, y'all know it's always the preacher's fault, right? I mean, come on. 
It's the preacher's fault. He knew them people would be thirsty. Why didn't he send somebody way ahead of them people to make sure that water was good? It's his fault. I, I just said that because that was all flesh, no spirit, okay? It, it was Moses' fault, though. It was his fault. They said. They acted like it was his fault. And they grumbled and complained, saying, it's your fault. Why? You brought, you brought us here. Moses was being led by God, and he was leading people for God. But the people didn't grumble against God. They grumbled and complained against Moses. I just want to make that clear before we move on. And they said, what are we to drink? They're in a desert. And verse 25 says, then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. And he threw it into the water. And the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a, a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. When Moses, and this is what the Lord had laid on my heart this morning. When Moses found out that there was a problem with the water. And let me tell you something. When you're in a desert, if, if you don't have some kind of way to hydrate yourself, well, well, if you're here in North Carolina during Humidville, you know, you better have some kind of way of hydrating yourself. But if you are in the desert, if you don't have water to drink, then you won't last long at all, especially in that environment. And, and they didn't have water to drink, which means they were already familiar with Pharaoh. They were familiar with what death looks like. And, and this had death written all over it. It looked like a situation sunk to the bottom, if you will. And so when Moses talked to God, he cried out. He didn't discuss it. He didn't pout and say, God... You got these people and they don't like me. They're complaining about the water. He didn't do that. He cried out to God and God just told him to go get a log or a piece of wood and throw it in the water. And it wasn't because that was a big old uh, piece of sweet and low or a big block of sugar. It wasn't a sugar cane log. It was just obedience, and when he threw, I believe when the first splinter of that log touched the water, the water became clear. I don't think the whole log had to go. I just think Moses had to do what God said to do, and then he saved all the people, and the people was able to be spared. But let me tell you what God did, though. It's kind of like you go 2,000 years ago from us right now, God knew that you would be living in the bitter water of sin and I would be living in the bitter water of sin. So 2,000 years ago, he threw another log in. This time, it was in the form of a cross and he threw the log in a hole on a hill between two thieves and he put his son on there, his only son, because he knew that you would be thirsty, you would be dry, you would be dead and the devil would want to take you out. And he said, there's no way they can't talk their way out of this. They can't buy their way out of this. They can't be passive and think that it's not really real because sin is real and it will send you to hell if it's unregenerated and unrepented over. It will send. So he threw a log into the pool of sin, the waters of sin, and he put his son Jesus on it so that when you say, Lord, like Moses, I'm crying out to you, God would say, well, I've got a solution. I've got another log in a hole and all you got to do is kneel down at that log and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. And I don't care what the sin looks like in your life. He's still God today. He can save lesbians. He can save homosexuals. He can save drug addicts. He can save liars. He can save embezzlers. He can save people that's addicted to porn. He can save people that's addicted to themselves and their pride. He's God. He's still God. And he's still throwing the stick in. And God God can save your situation. He can do it. And today God wants me to ask you to stand right now. 
That's all he... I'm at that point that I told you about. I don't know. I don't mean that I don't care, but I don't have to know today. It might be an in-law. It might be a relative by marriage. It might be a classmate. It, be, it could be a co-worker. It, it could be a physical problem. Now, I'm telling you verbatim what was told to me. And this is what God has instructed for us to do today. Because we've already sang about how good He is two different times. He already knows what your axe head is or your axe heads are. He already knows what those waters that are murky and they're horrible, they're drowning you, you're drowning. He knows what all of that is, y'all. He knows what it is. And he said this, since he already knows that, if you will do one thing, when you leave this place today, if you will do one thing, the devil will say, he will say, that was not supposed to happen. Now, if you don't believe he's God, and if you don't believe, and you're not willing to step back from the water, and you're just watching it, hoping and wishing, or crying over the situation, if you're not willing to step back enough to let God get in between you and it, and just get that stick in there, then it's not going to apply to you. But he said this, don't ask him. He knows. He knew it, for you were aware of it. He knew about it. But if you will do this one thing, if you'll find you a place in this church, you know you can come here or you can go somewhere, and, and you will do this. You will begin to tell him how good he is in your life. I don't, I don't mean, no, you don't, you don't have to tell him what it is. He's very aware. If you will just begin to say, God, what we did a little practice session that I didn't tell you was a practice session earlier. God, I'm glad that I was able to take a shower this morning. God, you're so good to me. I thank you that I still have the children. They might not be saved yet, but my children are still alive so that I can at least pray for them to get saved. God, I, you've been so good to me that I'm able to breathe without oxygen today. God, I thank you today that I can go home and I can eat whatever I want to eat today. God, you've been good to me. Lord, when they told me I was going to die of cancer 14 years ago, I'm here today. God, you've been so good to me. God said, God said, not me and not a preacher on the internet. God said that if you would begin to thank him and praise him for what he's done in your life, everything, now church, this can't be a 30-second thing. It's only 1134. Listen to me. If you will begin to just let come out of your mouth all the time, I don't care if you were strung out and you did things that you wished you didn't know about, let alone other people. If you would say, God, but at least you saved me from that and I'm alive to testify. If you will thank God for his goodness, for everything he's done up in your life until right now, he will do something that you're not expecting to float back to the surf. You got to throw the stick in right now. If you'll do it, you watch what God does. Begin to glorify him. I'm not here. Don't go laying hands on nobody. That's not what this is. The only hands you need to lay is you need to lay them on the feet of Jesus right now and you need to glorify him. So, and, and, and Robbie's already started. I don't know. I'm through with this message today. We're not even really dismissing today. We're just going to glorify God. When you get tired of doing that, you can leave and God bless you and we love you and we thank you. If you got anything at all to be grateful over, I would highly recommend finding you a spot finding you a hole, find you a corner and just say, God, God, here I am. I'm making a move toward you. If you kneel at your seat, that's fine. Whatever you do, but you just need to glorify God. I'm going to do it. I'm cutting my microphone off because mine is not yours. It's between me and God. They'll play some music, some soft light music, but this is just you and God. You and God, you and God, you and God, you and God. Glorify God and watch what happens. You just glorify God. See miracles my mind can calm. 
Just the mention of your name can raise the dead. So all the glory to the only one who can. Jesus is you. Jesus is you. Cancer. 
If you're in the building or online and you don't know what to do and you're worried because you know that Jesus is not the Lord of your life and you realize that you've got to be saved you need that that way that God made 2,000 years ago all you have to do is say Jesus I have sunk to the bottom. No help, no hope. And I believe that you're still God. I believe you can save a wretch just like me. Would you forgive me, Jesus? If you mean this, you tell him. Forgive me. I need to be rescued. I need to be found. I want to be used again, but not by the devil this time. I want to be used by you. And I turn my life over to you. I give you my sins, but I turn my life over to you. My thought life, my habits, the things that I enjoy. I, I turn it all over, my money, my mind, I turn it all over to you. The Bible says he's faithful and just. And now you tell him, say, God, you've been good to me. You gave me a day to repent. Many people have left this life instantly, but Lord, you've been good to me this Sunday. And I thank you for being my new Lord and Savior. Pray that the Lord will do just that. He'll lift you up out of that miry clay, out of that water. You're not lost forever. The Lord's here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. He can save you right now. God, we pray now, Lord, for those people that don't know what to do, Lord. In Florida, Lord, we but we glorify you. You are a good God and we glorify you because you're able to help people cope. You're able to rescue in a supernatural way. You're able to give people wisdom. So you're a good God, Lord. Lord, we do. We thank you because you're able to help the families out, Lord, who just don't know what to do, God. So God, whatever way you can be glorified, Lord, we, we pray. God, get glory out of this. Move in a unique way where man cannot take credit, God. Let testimony after testimony arise from those ashes, Lord. 
God, and we will hear several states away. We'll give you praise and honor and glory. God, help us all to do what that song is saying. You can have it all, Lord. You're good to us. You can have it all. I said I wasn't going to dismiss, but I do want to pray. And I just want to invite anybody that wants to come back and join me from 6 to 7 tonight just to come pray. That's been on my heart all week, and God's reminded me of that while I'm here praying. My house shall be a house of prayer, and God, we want to make it that. And God, before we leave, we just want to praise you and thank you. We want to thank you, God. I, Lord, I could have died in that car wreck in 1984, but Lord, you spared me. I could have died many times since then, and you've been good to me, Lord. And I thank you for that. Lord, you've been so good to me concerning this ministry, this church, with the precious people you've blessed my life with in this church, God. And I bless you, Lord. I thank you. God, I thank you that we are on our way home. Heaven is the next stop we will make, and it'll be a permanent stop, Lord. It'll be an eternal stop. So, God, we want to glorify you until that occurs. We want you to get every ounce of us, Lord, while we are still alive. And, God, and I pray, I pray that your peace would rest on these people today. Lord, I do. I pray that it would. God, show favor to your people, Lord. God, you, you differentiated between the children of Israel and the people of Egypt. God, you can do that again today. I pray, Lord, that you would bless and keep the people. Be gracious to them. Make your face shine on them, Lord. I pray, God, that you would give peace that passes understanding. And help us to know, Lord, that we are closer to heaven right now than we've ever been before. And you call that shot, not anybody else, Lord. God, and I praise you today. I give you praise. Before you go home, I want to tell you what those words say. I was thinking about them praying just then. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, sinking to rise no more. I was that axe head. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, now safe am I. And it was love, it was love that lifted me. And I thank God for that. I thank God for, for all of you. And I love you. And I want you to have a good day today. And now, if only we had an earpiece in hell to hear what the devil's going to say, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But I love you. And um, if you're able to come tonight, God bless you. If you're not and the Lord does not return, We'll see you next week. God bless you.